is three years into being a head coach, we're looking at seven wins, seven wins, eight wins. Has yet to have a winning season. Right? We're, we're looking at a, a coach that in the NFL, you don't get three years most of the time, and he's going into his fourth year. So the job security for someone with options, someone that is wanted by many teams, is probably not as good as they'd like. The team is rumored to be being shot by the owner. Right? I, I'm, I'm not breaking news here when I say that the Dan Snyder buzz when it comes to uh, contracting Bank of America securities and, and sending out the prospectuses to potential buyers and we're hearing names floated out there each and every day with this billionaire, that billionaire. The team is rumored to be being shopped and the new owner might want a reset, which obviously impacts the job security of, of current employees. Martin Mayhew told the media that he wants the team to have a two-to-one run-to-pass ratio. Two runs to every one pass. So a coordinator, like, like, think of the coordinator that, has to, that, that needs to be on it. And now we can even throw in, apparently you have to love Sam Howell or at least be willing to build your offense around Sam Howell after one game in week 18 and being a fifth-round pick going into his second year. Right, you start with a pool of every offensive coordinator possible, right? Every wide receivers coach, every quarterbacks coach, every fired offensive coordinator, every college offensive coordinator. You start with a pool of just every coach that makes sense and might be ready for the jump to being an NFL offensive coordinator. Some fired head coaches, right? That would be moving down a step. You start with the pool of just all of them. Then you say, well, you have to be willing to come onto a staff that does not have really any guaranteed job security. And quite frankly, you know, if, if, if Vegas were to set lines, would be one of the favorites to maybe not even make it through the entire next season. All right, well, that pool of candidates, right, that big old fat pool with every coordinator, fired head coach, college coordinator, shrinks, right? Because then some guys will go, you know what, I don't want to mess with it. I, I, I don't want to go anywhere where there's that much uncertainty. Then you say, well, the owner is shopping the team reportedly and may have a completely new ownership group relatively soon. All right, we'll shrink that big old pool down to even less because I don't want to deal with that uncertainty. Then you say, well, the the front office is, is requesting that you run the ball twice as much as you pass the football. Okay, well, now you take whatever those coordinators left, however, whatever number of coordinators are left in your, your interview pool, and you cut out all of the coordinators that run a pass-first offense, which essentially is every coordinator that learned about football in the last 20 years. Right, So you, you shrink everything down even further, and then you say, out of that small group, whatever's left, right? they're okay with the uncertainty. They don't mind the owner change. They don't mind having to run the ball twice as much as you throw the ball. Whatever that small group is, you interview them, and you say, you're going to have to work with Sam Howe. Most likely. We are likely rolling with Sam Howe. Now you cut out everyone else that doesn't love Sam Howell and doesn't want to hitch their play-calling career to Sam Howell's execution, what you're left with are the options. How much do you believe, how confident are you that in that small little group of offensive coordinators is the right guy to, to save the season and take you into the playoffs next year? How confident are you? 
To me, there are only two types of coaches that would still be in that pool. There are only two types of coaches that would agree to be the commander's offensive coordinator under Ron Rivera with all of those requirements. The first type is desperate. They don't have other options. No one else is asking. They're either someone like Jay Gruden, former Washington head coach, right? Somebody that, that isn't, the phone isn't ringing often for. Or there's someone we don't see coming because they're, they're maybe underqualified, right? Maybe, maybe a former player that has one year in coaching, something like that. They'll jump at the opportunity because they, they know that they won't get any other offensive coordinator jobs until they establish themselves. Desperate would be the first type. The second type is diabolical. So they're either desperate or diabolical. Because the diabolical of the bunch, they're not in there trying to to change the offense, fix the offense. They're in there hoping Rivera gets fired early and they can step in as the interim head coach and impress. And this is where the names that you recognize might pop in. If Frank Reich takes the job, if Pat Shermer takes the job, if Mike McCoy takes the job, the reason why they would, yeah, sure, they'd want the offense to do well and they'd want to go win a Super Bowl. But also... If you have Frank Reich, Pat Shermer, Mike McCoy, or anyone like that on your staff and you fire Ron Rivera, they are a natural ascension to the head coaching job. Then if they impress down the stretch, it might be their job moving forward. When the two options you have for offensive coordinator are desperate or diabolical, you've probably narrowed down your search too much. And this, I mean, I would assume, now I've had, you know, the... In radio, the talent doesn't do a ton of hiring, right? The host doesn't do a ton of hiring. So I haven't been the, the you know, point person on hiring a ton of jobs. But I can imagine if you go to like a, like a headhunter and you're saying, hey, I have an executive position I'm looking to, to hire. And they go, great. What is your wish list? If you have almost too many checklists, too many boxes, it'll be very difficult to find a great candidate. It's like, well, uh, you know, we want somebody with an Ivy League degree. We want somebody that has at least a graduate degree. We want somebody with 10 years experience in our industry and marketed uh, and, and, and obvious sales goals reached and impressive histories and uh, we want them to, to have a connection to the area so no relocations and we want this eventually you're going to have so many that's gonna be like all right well we have two guys and if you're two guys and a, and a lady or two ladies and a guy and and if you don't like any of those three well your perfect candidate doesn't exist Washington might have narrowed. All right, you have to be willing to work with Ron Rivera. You have to love Sam Howell. You have to be run a run-first offense. You have to be willing to work for Schneider, at least for now. You have to do all of this. You may have limited it too far. You've, you've cut out all the good candidates by being too picky. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. You can call in 1-800-636-1067. We'll go to Kevin in Fairfax. He has some thoughts on the Sam Howell decision. Uh, uh, We'll go to Gary in Fredericksburg is actually what I want to say there. Gary in Fredericksburg has some opinions on what the team should do next, uh, going into next season. So, Gary, thank you for calling in. What do you have? Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Hey, and I agree with everything you said, man. You're doing a really good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. I only, it's all good. I, everything that you said is true, and there's only really one thing that I think myself that, that they can do smartly 
forget about interviewing anybody else for the offensive coordinator job because, like you said, you're not going to get anybody that's worth a hoot. Okay. Move up Ken Sampezi, who's familiar with Sam Howe, who's familiar with our offensive line, who's familiar with the way Ron Rivera is. Put him in there for a year. See what this Sam Howe can do because you're not going to get anybody any different. Derek Carr is not going to come here. Garoppolo is not going to come here. Let it go for this year until they sell the team and see what happens and go from there with new ownership, whoever that may be, whenever that may happen. Give Ken Sampezi, who's been in this league for a long time, that's got a good idea about football, knows about this young man because he's had him for, what, some months since he was drafted out of college. Mm-hmm. At least he knows a little bit about him. Let him do the offensive coordinator job. Let him make the calls. See how it goes from there. That's the only option they really have to keep things moving the way that it should. Because, like you said, I don't see anybody that's going to want to come here. God knows I wouldn't want to go. But (laughs) that's just my opinion. And, hey, listen, you're doing a great job, and I'll just listen to what you have to say. Have a good day. Thanks. Thank you, Gary. And and actually, what Gary just suggested, the the Zampezi promotion – would align with what Washington is saying with their Sam Howell decision, right? The fact that they're at this point comfortable even penciling Sam Howell in as the starter, which if you're just tuning in, that is the the report. Again, CBS Sports had it first. It's all over the internet, all over Twitter now that the commanders are telling new offensive coordinator possibilities, telling new offensive coordinator candidates that – uh They're going to have to likely use Sam Howell as their starting quarterback. He will likely be the starting quarterback in 2023 for the Washington Commanders. That's the report. That is what the team and and, and Ron Rivera are telling possible new coordinators. So if you like what Sam Howell has done thus far, which is the only way you end up comfortable penciling him as the starter, if you like the development he's shown, because here's a fifth-round pick. That's not to say he can't be good, but that's to say, you know, Washington didn't think he was a third round pick. They passed on him for the first four rounds. So they didn't think he was a starter in the NFL a year ago. Because if you think he's a starter in the NFL, you draft him much higher than the fifth round. So they didn't think he was a starter in the NFL a year ago. And now they're willing to pencil him in to be their quarterback one. So they like the development that he's been on. They like how he has developed as a quarterback. If Zampezi, their quarterback's coach, is the loudest voice in his ear this year, which he likely is, right? Because the, the offensive coordinator was worried with starters mostly. If, if their quarterback's coach was the guy that was responsible for that development, you might not want to mess with that partnership, right? You might not want to uh, introduce Sam Howell to a different voice if – Zampezi was the one that developed him over the last year, and and you like what Sam Howell has been able to improve upon since the draft. So so maybe they do look internally. All the reports I've heard is that they're they're expected to hire an external candidate, somebody new, somebody fresh to Washington. But I would not I would not balk if they they went Zampezi, especially based on how that would align with other decisions that they've made, namely the Sam Howell news from earlier today. Right. It's it's developing a quarterback. Not only is it not easy, it is it is darn fragile. Right. One little thing off and the entire house of cards can come crashing down. Right. One little thing off and the entire house of cards can come crashing down.
What can you learn from Brock Purdy, though? How about that one? How about that for a question? Seahawks at 49ers coming up later today. It's a playoff game. The Niners are one of the best teams in the NFC. They're one of the Super Bowl betting favorites. What can you learn about Brock Purdy's run and how unreal it's been and how impressive it's been as you look to change your quarterback situation? That's coming up next. Overtime 106.7. The fan call line remains open. 1-800-636-1067. The fan overtime. I'm Tim Donnelly. Caitlin back in the studio keeping us up and running. Doing a great job as always. Um, the story of the day really, and it sprang up a little over an hour ago, is Jonathan Jones of CBS reported that the commanders in their offensive coordinator interviews right they're obviously looking for a new offensive coordinator after firing scott turner um well they're looking for a quarterback or sorry a coordinator that's willing to work with sam howell as the number one which is news to to everybody on the outside so what's going to happen now is you're going you're going to limit your coordinator options right you're only going to find somebody that's willing to work with rivera willing to work with that job security question and then on top of that willing to work with sam howell Shannon is on the call in line. You can be as well. 1-800-636-1067. Shannon, what do you have to say about the the Sam Howell addendum or the Sam Howell addition to the offensive coordinator search? Well, first of all, no player, regardless of their position, is going to be any better than their coaching staff. Mm -hmm. I believe Washington's coaching staff really failed them this year and they should have won two or three more games because Scott Turner does not it did not have a feel for the game. I think he's a good schemer and uh, working up plays to get people open, but he has no feel for the game. And because of that, they lost two or three games that they should have won. One recently being the, the giant game in which uh, the running back, Robinson, was was averaging 7.4 yards per carry, and he got away from running the football. A good offensive coordinator has a feel for the game. But back to Sam Howell. Sam Howell has been working with him. They know what he can do and what he can't do. And much like when Joe Theismann came to the uh, the Redskins at that time, he did not know how to read the field. So what they did for him is they just had him read half the field. So he didn't have to read the entire field, and he could make the proper selections on what to do with, with the first option, the second option, second option, and beyond. If he's not able to read the whole field, then they need to do that for Sam Howell as well. He has all the weapons. He has the arm. The question is, is the coaching staff going to be able to coach him up into doing what he needs to do so the commanders can have a successful offense? And the coaching staff is a big big question on that offensive side. They had defensive struggles early on, but they straightened them out. But offensively, with all of the weapons they had, they could have done a lot more. So, you know, the verdict is out on this coaching staff as to whether or not they can elevate Sam Howell with the weapons that they possess for Washington to get to the next level. And I'll listen to you from here on. Appreciate the call. Call back in seven five or sorry, one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. That's one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Great call there. 
I think we all agree that the the and you'd be foolish to disagree with with some of the stuff said there by the caller of the coaching staff has to get what's best out of their players and specifically an offensive coordinator and a play caller has to be able to get the most out of their quarterback right that that is quite literally the job of the play caller it's not as easy as it sounds right and the best at it are worth their weight in gold but i do think it's easier if you feel confident and invested in the quarterback right there there's an element of subconscious right think about what a coordinator or I'm, i keep saying coordinator what i mean is a play caller think about what a play caller has to do on an nfl sunday or in, in an nfl game the decisions aren't hey everybody in the room has a great idea what should we run on third down send out your ideas that like they're not standing at a whiteboard writing all ideas then they go back and cross some out the decisions have to be made split second right the play clock is ticking down uh, tick 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 and you have to 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 get the play call in and and get a good one in right away so if your subconscious even for a second says man i don't think this guy's got it well that's a problem right if, if your subconscious even for a second says man i, I wish i didn't have to uh, play call for for this second rounder or sorry fifth rounder in his second year with just about no experience at the nfl level that's two and a half seconds gone and i know two and a half seconds doesn't sound like much but on a play clock two and a half seconds is an eternity so like if you picked the player Right? Or if you drafted the player, or if you were in the room when you were deciding and you had to co-sign and say, yes, I am all in on that player being our quarterback, maybe you do just kind of have the, the thought of, you know what? Let's make it work. Right? You, you, you don't have those subconscious doubts because, well, you picked them. I read an article, it was on The Athletic, um, and and. I'm going to do my best, or, or hopefully you will do your best, not to hold the, the, the moral of this story in, in you know anger because it's about the Giants. But uh, the whole article was about Brian Dable, the, the head coach of the Giants, and how he hired his staff. Right Now, I think it's fair to say that the Giants' turnaround was pretty impressive. Now, I know you don't want it to be that way if you're a Washington fan, but you know objectively, they went from a team that did not have many many positives to a team in the playoffs. And Daniel Jones went from a, team, a quarterback that was going to be moved on from, didn't pick up his fifth-year option, to a quarterback that's definitely going to be around. So that, that's a solid turnaround. And the way he hired his staff was unusual in that everyone that had already been hired was in on the interviews. Right, So when they were hiring their, and I don't know the order of it, their running backs coach, their wide receivers coach was in the interview asking questions. When they were hiring their defensive coordinator, their cornerbacks coach, who they had already hired, was in on the interview asking questions, bringing up clips. Why did you do this uh, on some game tape from one of your games that you called two years ago? And part of the reason why, and the article explains it, it's on The Athletic, uh, is because they wanted everyone to be invested in everyone. Right? Does the corner or the defensive backs coach get as mad at the defensive coordinator for one of their decisions when the defensive backs coach is part of the reason why the defensive coordinator is in the position he's in? So if I'm looking for an offensive coordinator and I want them to be uber, super, duper invested 
in the success of my quarterback, I want them to help me pick the quarterback. Right? Because if you stick your neck out on the line for somebody, you're you're going to do everything you possibly can to find a way for them to be successful. So the fact that they're telling offensive coordinators, hey, guess what? You're going to have to to work with our guy. You're going to have to work with Sam Howe. That's not that's not ideal. You know what I mean? Now they're just they're just, you know, cooking with someone else's groceries. This is overtime on 1067 the fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. We didn't even get to Brock Purdy. I do want to get to Brock Purdy because there's 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 a few things in in football that everybody can get behind. One is an underdog story and one is a new way to maybe make it work at the quarterback position. So we'll get to Brock Purdy and and what you can learn from his successful run in San Francisco, especially as Washington is looking to move towards their late-round pick quarterback. So it's all coming up next right here on 106.7 The Fan. Stick around. I'm Tim Donnelly. Phone lines are open. 1-800-636-1067. Just confirmed during that commercial break, Grant, that's Grant Paulson from Grant and Danny. You can hear him every weekday on 106.7 The Fan. will be joining uh, joining us here at the top of the next hour. So 2 o'clock, he'll help us react to the report from uh, CBS Sports' Jonathan Jones that the commanders have begun telling offensive coordinator candidates that if they take the job, they're likely going to be working with Sam Howell as their starting quarterback uh, for 2023. So there's there's obviously a lot of nuances, a lot of different different uh, elements that play into this. We've talked about how the, the draft class, not this draft, but next draft when it comes to the quarterbacks, might be the, the apple of everyone's eye. We've talked about the, the ownership changing, the coordinator changing, the job security of the coaching staff. A lot of moving parts lead to this com- uh, lead to this type of, of conversation being had, meaning, hey, if you come here, you're going to be working with Sam Howe. Another part that is hanging over this is we all like to root for an underdog. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's run is unreal. And the Seahawks are at the 49ers. So Brock Purdy is hosting, a, a, he and his teammates are hosting a playoff game at 4.30 this afternoon. Brock, <clears throat> excuse me, Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant, which by the way, if he turns his like official nickname into Mr. Relevant, classic, but that's neither here nor there. Mr. Irrelevant has his team. Uh, he's never lost as a starter. They're on a nine game win streak. They're hosting a divisional opponent. It's going to be pouring rain. Brock Purdy's run is unreal because it's already normal. Right, a couple days ago, uh, and I host a, a daily show down in, in the Virginia Beach area. On the air, I picked the Niners to win the NFC. Not a single response, right? We and we have a, texters, callers, all the sorts of things. Tweet. You can follow me on Twitter at Donnelly Sports. Love to hear from you. Uh, and there's a bunch of responses to the, the the segment, but not a single response said. That's ridiculous. They have a seventh-round rookie quarterback. Why would you pick the Niners to win the or make it to the Super Bowl, to win the NFC? Not a single one said that. Later on in the show, I simply suggested, suggested that if Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins played absolutely every single one of their cards right and the Bills were emotionally exhausted from the last couple of weeks and gave them a couple freebies. We're talking turnovers. We're talking dummy plays. I even like I just I just hinted that if Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins, another seventh round rookie, 
played halfway decent, and if the Bills played very, very poor, that they might be able to to pull off an upset. The text line lit up, Twitter lit up, the call lines lit up with people saying they don't have a chance. They don't have a chance. They have a seventh-round rookie. They don't have a chance. So it is wildly impressive that that Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan and Kittle and CMC have, have made that whole thing around Purdy normal already. But I, I want to emphasize it's not normal. Right? The cop, NFL is a copycat world. Okay? If, if somebody has a lot of success running a particular route concept, meaning a particular pattern, every team in the league will have it installed into their playbook within a month. Right? If you hit like two touchdowns on the same play, everyone will have it. Look at how many different teams have run some version of Philly Special since Philly ran Philly Special. I mean, it's it's every team at some point in time. It's a copycat league. But it's important to only copy the stuff that is high percentage. Don't look at the, the things other teams got lucky at and think you're going to copy that. And I hope that's not what's going on with, with Sam Howell. Right? You can't look at Brock Purdy and say, oh, he's a seventh-round pick. So, so late-round picks should be expected to, to be the most efficient quarterback in the league over the last six weeks. They shouldn't because that's unrealistic. Sam Howell almost guaranteed his first six games will be nowhere near as good as Brock Purdy's first six games because Brock Purdy, up to this point, even though it feels normal, he's been an outlier. Right? Now, I'm not saying Sam Howell's going to be trash. I'm not saying he's going to walk out there and forget which, you know, which shoe goes on which foot. But, I, but I'm saying late round picks are late round picks for a reason. And I guarantee you, for every late round pick that you throw at me that went on to have an illustrious career, for every Tom Brady, Brock Purdy, uh, Dak Prescott, who wasn't even a late round pick, he was a mid-round pick, Russell Wilson, same thing, for every one of those, it would take me two seconds to Google late round picks that get their shot and don't do all of the crazy successful things. So what can you learn from Brock Purdy? Well, as you put Sam Howell in, right? Because, you know, just because I'm sitting here saying don't expect it doesn't mean you don't want it to happen. What can you learn from the Brock Purdy situation and apply to Sam Howell if Sam Howell truly does end up being the starting quarterback in Washington? Well, namely, play calling. Namely, get that offensive coordinator Perfect. Get that offensive coordinator hire. Perfect. Because it's Kyle Shanahan's genius that he can scheme up quarterbacks that seem less talented, less likely to have success, whichever whichever term you want to use. Right? Anybody can look like an offensive genius when you have uh, like all of the, the all pros. Right? Adam Gase looked like an offensive genius when he was coaching Peyton Manning. But it's what Kyle Shanahan can do with Nick Mullins and with Brock Purdy, with guys that step in without any experience, with low draft pedigrees, and he can make them into something. So it's the 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 the, the play caller, and it's the supporting cast. 
and it's Christian McCaffrey, and it's it's George Kittle, and it's Debo Samuel, and it's Brandon Ayuk, and it's Jawan Jennings, and it's Trent Williams, who Washington fans know all about. It's those guys and Kyle Shanahan that allowed Brock Purdy to be the outlier. So if you look at Washington, if you're going to play Sam Howell, guess who you're asking a lot out of? Terry McLaurin. Guess who you're asking a lot out of? Curtis Samuel. Jahan Dodson. Charles Leno. Whoever the offensive coordinator is. Brian Robinson. Right? Those guys not only are, are, are just responsible for their success now, they have to boost up the young guy. And don't throw him in there and say, well, we can put everything on his plate because Brock Purdy's having success. He's a seventh-round pick. Sam Howell was a fifth-round pick. That's not how it works. Brock Purdy's doing something special out there. By the way, that game, Seahawks at Niners, 4.30 today. I mean, that's going to be ugly weather. Every, every time they cut to it in the pregame shows, it is, it is not very fun. And now they're saying thunderstorms may be rolling in a bit. And if thunderstorms roll in a bit, then you might even have a delay, which could change everything, right? Uh, we all remember the, the Ravens, ironically, Niners Super Bowl, right? They had that big delay, power outage. Changed the whole game. Luckily, the Ravens were able to hold on. I think it would have been messed up if the, the momentum shifted on that and, and, and the Niners went on to win. But it did change the whole momentum. So that game is going to be super interesting. And Brock Purdy is going to be right there in the middle of it, living that outlier life. Living that, you can't predict what, what uh, anyone else will do based on what Brock Purdy is doing because he's the exception. The rule is you try to hide your late-round picks. The exception is the late-round pick says you don't have to hide me and he plays super efficient football. Skylar Thompson for the Dolphins going up against the Bills, that's more of what to be, what's to be expected. What Brock Purdy is doing, that's sci-fi. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Again, the call line is open, 1-800-636-1067. That's 1-800-636-1067. We have yet to talk about Deron Payne. We will do that. We also have, as we mentioned earlier, Grant Paulson from Grant and Danny every weekday on 106.7. He'll be joining the show coming up at 2 o'clock. We'll talk a little Deron Payne, and we'll get to Grant and Danny just a little bit. Stick around. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Call lines open, 1-800-636-1067. During the last segment, I mentioned that Brock Purdy needs to be treated as an outlier, meaning don't expect every late-round pick to step in and and do everything that Brock Purdy has been able to do with San Francisco. The situation has buoyed him. He obviously was much better than many expected. But the rule, the the common, the the obvious, the expectation, still has to be that late-round picks... Well, you have to hide them, you have to work with them, you have to make sure they have every resource at their disposal, and obviously Washington can take that information and operate it against Sam Howell, or with Sam Howell, I should say, as he is penciled in as the starter. Eddie in Maryland has some comments on Brock Purdy, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go to Eddie on the call-in line. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. Eddie, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about Purdy? I just think you got to treat each individual different. I, I mean... You don't know the drive for each individual. Like Tom Brady was the late-round pick. You have so many number-one picks that were trash. From Jamarcus Russell all the way from the one that Baltimore picked. Kyle Bowler, whatever his name was. I mean, but 
you had number one picks that just never show up. But the drive in each individual is going to make them work harder, be better. I, I, I completely agree. And, and that's what I'm getting at. Eddie, thank you for the call. Um, the reason we remember those names – Right, the reason why you can rattle off Kyle Bowler, Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell, uh, you can rattle off all of the busts is because that's not what you expect from from guys drafted that high. And the same reason you can rattle off uh, Tom Brady and all the, the the late round picks is because they're unusual. But you know, the, yesterday I was I was on air and we were talking about Joe Burrow. Okay, and and. Uh, I was saying something along the lines of if you make it, it's, it's always the second album that makes a musician a superstar, right? There's a lot of people that have the one album, they catch lightning in a bottle, they, they tour, they that goes diamond, right? All the, but then the second album isn't as good. The third album isn't as good. If your second album is another banger, right? If your second album is another superstar record, then I'm like, all right, you're going to have 10 albums, right? I, I, then it's, okay, you're, you're a career artist, right? You can adapt, you can change. And so I, I was saying last year was Joe Burrow and the Bengals as a team, their first album. They went all the way to the Super Bowl. No one expected to see it coming. This year would be their second album. If they go on another playoff run, I'm like, all right, you're going to have to deal with them in the playoffs for the next 10 years. But if they flame out in the first round and lose a game that they have no business losing to Baltimore, heck, they might be the uh, Cam Newton Panthers. Make it to a Super Bowl and then fizzle quickly. One hit wonder. And a caller called in and, and, and said uh, their response was, as long as Joe Burrow has the drive and dedication of Tom Brady, he'll be fine. It doesn't matter if they, they suffer an upset. And, and I went, well, yeah, as long as he... If you put Tom Brady's drive and dedication in like one of the caller's bodies, he'd be a, a great player, a great athlete of some kind. That's such a, a huge like, well, if you just do this, it's, yeah. What was it? Eddie in Maryland, the caller that said you have to treat everyone individually and, and you have to, um, you know, see their own drive and dedication and maybe uh, they will be able to, to overcome their late draft status. It's like, yeah, they absolutely can. Most people don't have that. Most quarterbacks drafted in the sixth round don't have Tom Brady's driver dedication. You could argue every quarterback in the sixth round and seventh round doesn't have Tom Brady's driving dedication. So I wouldn't bank on, right? I'm not saying don't hope for it. You hope for the best, you expect the expected, and then you prepare for the worst, right? You expect the normal. I wouldn't bank on Sam Howell having Tom Brady's driving dedication. I don't, I, you can't. That's like saying, yeah, I, I draft a 6'4 guard who's not as explosive as other guards into the NBA. I just, you know, hope they have Steph Curry's jump shot. So, well, th- th- that's not how it works. Ron and Ashburn has some thoughts on Brock Purdy. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. Ron, what are your thoughts on the rookie quarterback for San Fran? Okay. Egg, I uh, I don't think he's faced the kind of defenses that he's going to face in the playoffs, and that's when we'll really know. Because the best defense in, in his division is the one is the team he plays for. So that that would be my comment, and then you'll really know what kind of product Brock Purdy is. But not until then. That's my comment. 
So thanks, Ron. Appreciate the call. Um, well, first of all, sometimes the best thing you can possibly do as a quarterback is have the, the league's best defense on your team because you never play them, right? It doesn't matter how far he goes in the playoffs. He's never going to match up against the uh, the Niners' defense. Um, but looking at I mean, I, I just brought up their schedule while, while Ron was talking. Um, Purdy's played Miami. That's a solid defense. They've played Tampa. At times, a solid defense. Seattle, Washington, Vegas, Arizona. So they they ended on a nice little uh, easy street. But Washington's defense is good as well. They scored 37 points. Um, I'm not here to say Brock Purdy's awesome. I'm here to say what Brock Purdy has done is wildly impressive. I'm here to say the fact that he's going into a playoff game, leading a team, and... Every single time someone talks about Seattle, San Fran, the first response isn't, oh, I'm likely taking Seattle because San Francisco has a seventh-round rookie third-string quarterback at the starting position due to injury is wildly impressive. Just the fact that he's the third thing mentioned, if he's the third thing mentioned, is wildly impressive. But just how impressive that is proves how unusual that is. Okay, so just prepare yourself if you're if you're going to start a fifth round second year player with one start, which is what Washington is implying, at least through the reports uh, that have come out today. um, If that is the case, expect growing pains. Starting Sam Howell is not a win now move. Right. Starting Sam Howell is not a we're trying to get to the playoffs in 2023 move. It is a we expect him to develop into something good and we've seen flashes and we've seen potential and we think if we build up the team around him, which could take time, we could have something in the future. You don't you don't expect to airdrop a late round rookie onto an 8 and 4 team and have them win 6 straight games to end the season like Brock Purdy did. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Brock Purdy is awesome. And you can learn about the things that San Fran did and used and deployed to aid him into that success. But it's also important to, to realize and to remember that with all the help in the world, there's still going to be growing pains for just about every quarterback, period. Every young quarterback, especially. Every late-round quarterback, triply so. And as you heard the caller mention, Ron and Ashburn, um, Maybe Brock Purdy's uh, uh, growing pains are just going to be in the playoffs. That's possible. Or maybe they'll be next year. Or maybe they'll be two years from now, but I don't think he's going to escape it completely. We just haven't really seen him as of yet. And a large part of that is because of how good that, that supporting cast is and how good Kyle Shanahan is. And that kind of brings us all the way back to the offensive coordinator. Who's going to be calling plays for Sam Howe? How important is that? Recklessly important. Recklessly important. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Call-in will remain open, 1-800-636-1067. But this next segment is going to be centered around Grant Paulson. That's right, Grant from Grant and Danny is going to join us. You can hear him every weekday afternoons, 2 to 6.30 p.m. right here on this station, 106.7 p.m. He has actually, based on his Twitter, He's gone out and confirmed the commanders are indeed currently planning on giving Sam Howell the first chance at the starting quarterback gig in 2023. So we'll get some nuance. We'll get some reaction from Grant Paulson coming up next. Stick around right here on 106.7 The Fan.